Hey everybody, welcome to the Whole Church Podcast, and today I have a very special, kind of a bonus episode for you guys. Um, for my Intro to Missions class, I got to interview Eugene Stutzman of Watoto Ministries, or Watoto Church in Uganda, Africa. I'm um, just talking to him about the needs of the missions there and what it's like and how they got started and everything that they do. I felt like it was a very valuable conversation, so I wanted to give it to all of you guys so you guys can check it out and hopefully consider doing your part to help this ministry. Um, at the end of this interview, we talk some about how you can sponsor a child for Watoto. And I would just like you guys to look at their website, really consider it, listen to this conversation. And, um, you know, this Christmas coming up. So in the spirit of giving, I just wanted to encourage you guys to think about that. Hello, I'm here with Eugene Stutzman of Watoto, um, which I've heard him say it, and I don't think I'm pronouncing it completely correct. Um, Eugene, <laughs> thank you for joining me. Um, is is it Watoto or how how do you say it? You got it right, Watoto. Okay, and Watoto, could you could you just tell everybody something some about the ministry so they know what we're talking about today? Yes, so Watoto, it's a word that means uh, it means children in Swahili. But Watoto is actually a church in Uganda and uh, was planted in the early 80s. But Watoto Child Care Ministry cares for orphaned and vulnerable children, as well as vulnerable women in the community. And the purpose is to raise them and equip them to be leaders for their country. Gotcha. Okay, sweet. And what, what exactly do you do with the ministry? My role is executive director for our U.S. office. We're based in Tampa, and our team here handles all the U.S. administrative work. So uh, we coordinate all of the we have about 10,000 sponsors in the United States who donate $38 a month. So all those funds come through our office and we do all the receiving and then we wire those funds to Uganda once a month. We also have a children's choir. These are children made up of the kids that we care for in Uganda, and we bring them to the U.S. Each year, well, pre-COVID, we would bring them to the U.S. Uh, and as a tour, and we would coordinate and book those tours and connect with churches across the country. So really, our role here is to connect um, interested people, donors, and partners with the work that's happening in Uganda. Yeah. yeah and um, the Children's Choir, actually, they're on Spotify, and they just did a new yes. Christmas album. That's that right. I've, I was checking out. I was like, okay, this is pretty good. I remember them... Um, as a kid, we went to an Assemblies of God church in Tallahassee, Florida, and um, the the group visited our church and each a few different families were hosting uh, some yes. of the visitors from Uganda. And we had one family with us with like four or five kids for like a whole week. And um, yeah. it was interesting because I, I had almost forgot about because I was so young. And then doing this, I was just brought back to memory. And I was like, that was such a special experience. And um yeah. Yeah. That's so always I'm, a highlight for did, the, the churches that host the choir, the, the families that have the opportunity to have the kids in their home overnight or for a couple of days. It's it's always a special highlight for them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've actually um, 
since reflecting this and then doing this uh, this for school, I, I've been considering. I think I'm going to sponsor a kid as well. I know when my parents did, we got like letters every year, just kind of updates on these kids' lives, and I was like, yeah. I don't know. There's something about knowing the people that you're ministering to that just makes it more special. Yeah, it is. Yeah, they they're real kids. They grow up. You get to hear their stories and write write to them and uh, hear how they're doing. Oh yeah. All right. So, um, like I said, this is a school assignment. So I do have a few questions I'm supposed to ask. Um, so first, uh, why why are you serving in the position that you're serving? What led you to this? Uh, long story. I think um, years ago, prior to working with Watoto, I was in construction. I lived in Ohio. I had my own business and the choir came to our church. And um, as a result of that visit, our church decided to take a mission trip to Uganda. And so one Sunday morning, they got up and presented this trip. And, and the project that we were going to be doing was construction. And so as a builder, that intrigued me. I wanted to go to Uganda and, and help <laughs> yeah. build whatever this structure was. So my wife and I joined that trip. That was in 2005. And while we were there, <clears throat> we just became so impressed with the work that's happening and, and seeing the kids, kids. These are kids who've lost their parents and are now living in a village that is built by Watoto. They each live in a home, eight children and a full-time mother. And we just saw the enormous impact that the ministry is having in the lives of these kids. And, and then we found out about an opportunity to be involved and, and, uh, and just got more connected. And for the first two years, we, my wife and I were choir leaders. So we actually traveled with the children's choir uh, for two different wow. tours and just had an incredible experience. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, so as far as the, the how aspect of um, how God calls people to live among the people, among the people we're ministering to. Um, is that pretty much how it, how it usually looks? The children's choir will come and then someone will feel led to be involved and just kind of follow that. Or how does it That's, usually happen where people? Yeah. Yeah. The, the children's choir has probably been our, our greatest exposure to, to the community and to the general public because it's seen by, you know, thousands of people every year. Um, so that's, I would say that's probably the, the greatest, um, connection mechanism we have with, with people and, um, sponsors, donors, volunteers, most of them start by, by having seen the choir <laughs> first. And, uh, there's other, other ways, you know, word of mouth and things, but the choir has certainly been an amazing tool, both for developing our kids as leaders, but also to connect with people. Awesome. awesome. Now, how, um, I know you, you mentioned their names before, but it, it's escaping me. The, the, Ministers who originally started this ministry, how yeah. how did they come to get called to start this? Yeah, so, <clears throat> excuse me, Gary and Marilyn Skinner are the founders. And uh, they, Gary was born to missionaries, Canadian missionaries that were living in uh, Zimbabwe, I believe. And he was born in Africa. And so he grew up there, uh, came back to the, to Canada for some, you know, ministry training and things and started some ministry in Canada, but eventually felt called to go back, uh, spent some time back in Zimbabwe, but then God placed a very clear call on their life to go to downtown Kampala and plant an English speaking church. And the vision that God gave to Gary was that through that church, God would bring healing to the city and to the nation. And if, if you know, uh, some of African history, Uganda was a very dangerous, this is in the early eighties. 
and Uganda was a very dangerous place to live. It was, they had just come through a series of very evil dictators, Idi Amin, Abote, some of those names that you may recognize. And so they moved there with their three young children in a time when other people were fleeing the country just for, for their, for their safety. And, but the call of God was so clear to them that, that God had called them. So they went into that, that environment and began and planted church. And so in 1984, they launched what was then Kampala Pentecostal Church. Uh, the name has changed since to Watoto Church, but, uh, but that was the environment that God called them into. And um, for about 10 years, they, they led the church. The church began to grow. And then in the 80s, mid to late 80s, was when the AIDS crisis hit Uganda. And it left about 2 million children orphaned as a result, as a whole generation of as adults passed away from this disease. And so as a church, the, the, the vision, the mission was to bring healing to the community. And the greatest need at that time was to care for orphans. There was this huge amount of orphan children and there was no, there was no social structure to care for them as far as government services and things like that. So they decided as a church, this is what God has placed us here to do. And God called them to begin caring for kids. And so it started very basic. They started with one little home and hired a mom and rented a, you know, this house and, <laughs> and just, it began to grow and it grew to the point where today we have three villages, you know, with large property and, and over 3000 children living in residential care. And those That's villages awesome. have That's schools awesome. and medical care and everything that a child needs to grow up from birth all the way through university. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know my parents got letters, even, um, from these girls all growing up until even they were in college and telling them how their college was going. And yeah, it was, it was a really special thing. Yeah. So it, it kind of sounds like um, their calling had both like that really spiritual aspect and then also just kind of practicality stuff um, where like, you know, they knew God called them, they felt it. So they went yeah. and then sort of like David, you know, you see a giant, you know, like God, what should I do about this giant? You know, they just, well, we're going to take care of this. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's really special. Um, how you said there was three villages. How would you describe the culture of Watoto in these villages? Uh, when I, when I visit a village at Watoto, I, the first thing I think of is peace. Um, cause if you, if you go to Kampala or any of the major cities, you know, in Uganda or other parts of Africa, there's, uh, it's hectic, it's chaotic, there's noise, there's all those things. And then our villages are just outside the city a little, uh, you know, a few miles. And there's a sense of, when I walk on the village, there's a sense of peace that I, I feel. And I, I, I believe it's the presence of God that I think dwells there and, and is in that, in that space. But um, it's just, it's a sanctuary. It's a, it's a place where kids can, can live and feel safe. And, uh, so that's, that's the first thing I think of when I, when I walk on those villages, but, uh, the villages are very much, uh, designed after the African culture. So our homes are built in clusters. So there's eight or nine homes kind of built in a circle. And so you'd find that in the community, if you go out in the community and you see one house, there's likely going to be three, four or five houses around it. Uh, cause they, they build in community. And so we, we tried to design that into our villages. So there's a, a sense of, um, the, the villages are big, so there could be a thousand children living on the village, but we also wanted a sense of closeness so, or community. So you're not lost in that, that large space. So we have smaller clusters of homes that becomes a neighborhood. And so, uh, that's kind of how the villages awesome. were modeled to, do, to, to create that, 
African environment for our kids and yet be very safe and, and productive. Yeah. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I believe the Watoto website has pictures where you can kind of see some of that too, right? It is. Yeah. There's pictures, videos, and places you can and learn a lot more about Watoto. Okay. Because you were talking about it. And I was like, I have a picture of this. I was like, where did I get that? I was like, I'm pretty sure it was just on their website. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Um, so what are some of the unique challenges of doing this ministry in Uganda today? Um, it's people talk about doing missions work. They talk about, um, being careful not to change the culture or to, to introduce American culture or Western culture into that society. So one of the things that we've, we've tried to, I guess we've, we've not, we, that's not our banner because there's, there are certain things in the culture in Africa that are not okay. As a, as a believer, as a Christian, there are some things that are not okay. Um, you know, families, a husband, husband who has multiple wives or a husband who can, um, leave his family, abandon his family and the kids become servants to someone else. Like I'm not okay with that. And I don't, I don't think that's, that's scriptural. So there's, there's things like that, that we want to introduce godly culture, uh, into, into their culture, not to change their other culture, but to, to introduce a, a um, kingdom culture. So whenever you, whenever you try to do that, it, it's difficult. So, you know, you're, you're dealing with years and years of, of history and, and culture that's already there. And, and so the, the kind of change that we envision for Africa, when you, when you talk about um, one of the, one of the great needs for Africa, many nations in Africa is leadership is good leadership. Um, there's, there's quite a bit of corruption and things like that, that happens. And, and so it takes generations to change some of those mindsets. And so that's one of the things I think when we start with working with young children, orphan children and, and teach them and disciple them and train them as they grow up, they'll, they'll influence their, their culture and community. And then the next generation will do some more. It, it'll be, it'll take generations to, to really impact the nation the way we envision it to be done. Yeah, man. So a little off topic, but it's interesting. Um, we, on our podcast, we interviewed uh, Keith Sherlin before Dr. Keith Sherlin, and he actually spoke a lot about how some of the issues of polygamy in the Bible are a much bigger deal in other countries. Cause you know, here in America, we don't really think about that. Yeah. But, you know, like, like you said, a lot of countries have, you know, a man with multiple wives. And he said, um, missionaries have to ask this question of, do you tell him he has to get divorced from everybody? Do you just pick one he has to stay with or, and it is, it's, you know, it's a weird topic, but it's, it's one of those where it's a kind of challenge. I don't think Americans think about when we go in there and we say, okay, well, this is how marriage is supposed to look. And there's a so wildly different, how do you, how do you rectify that for people? Yeah. Yeah. That, part of that is done. So Watoto, the work that we do in Watoto child care ministries, we don't address that directly, I would say, but in church, Watoto church, um, they're certainly reaching community and, and converting believers and things. And so there would be instances I'm sure where that's been dealt with. Um, I've, I've not personally been involved in, in those processes, but, um, that's a, that's a great question. I don't I don't think I have an answer for that. That's probably <laughs> yeah. above the the theology that I know, but um, God certainly knows. Yeah, and, I and, uh, yeah yeah. I always just get interested in that kind of thing because I'm like I that is one of those challenges that I I don't know. Like yeah. how, how do you do that? Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Um, 
<laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to <laughs> ask you something. So, um, yeah. Um, so, so back to back to my list of questions here. Uh, they wanted me to ask, what kind of factors do you think people underestimate about the work of intentional missions before they get into the field, right? So before they get over there, what are some things that people underestimate before they go? Um, that's a great question. I would say probably, I mean, having to do with culture, there's, I'm sure people that decide to go into the mission field, spend time studying the culture. Um, I think the greatest challenge is, is making a genuine connection with, with the people they're trying to serve. Um, one of the benefits, so at, at Watoto, we're not a, um, while we do send short-term mission trips, we have people that go for a week or two weeks or volunteer for three months. Our organization, Watoto Church, is there permanently in the community. So we're not a, we're not a um, NGO or a, a charity with a three-year plan or a five-year plan. And I think organizations that have that model have a lot of challenges because they're, when they, when they walk into that community with a three-year plan, the community already knows that in three years, these people are gone. So there's, I think, a certain level of trust that's not able to be developed in, in, that, in that kind of model. So I would say that's one of the things that, that they would be challenged with is if you're going in with a short-term plan, it's probably not going to be as effective as, as something more permanent where you can build genuine trust and, and uh, rapport with the community. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, Watatu has been in Uganda since the eighties, you said, so right. they would, you, how would you say that people of Uganda react to Watoto's presence there? Um, today, today, so, it's I mean, was good. it mostly have, positive? It is. Yeah. We have a good reputation. And so if you, you know, walking in the streets, if I wear a shirt like this, I was like, Hey, Watoto, people recognize the name and, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. we have, you know, a lot of favor in the community. The government knows what we do. Um, we don't get help from the government, but they're aware of what we do and have their blessing. And so it's, uh, it's good to have that kind of a reputation. And um, one of the things that was interesting when we started working in Northern Uganda back in 2007, I believe it was 2008. Um, this was after Joseph Kony had been, he was a rebel in the North that used to attack villages and steal kids, kidnap kids, force them to be soldiers, and then use those kids to attack more villages. And there was a film that came out called Invisible Children at that time. And in central Uganda and in, in the South, people kind of discounted the North. We weren't you know, really concerned what was happening up there until this film came out. And then the whole world was like, look what's happening in Uganda. These kids are being you know, stolen. They're being forced to live as soldiers. So we decided to go up. We, we thought at first we would go and rescue some of those kids and bring them down to Kampala, which is about six hours drive. And, you know, placed them in our homes. Yeah. But we went to that community and we saw the brokenness in the entire community. And we realized that this community needs a church. And so we went in and mm -hmm. our founders, actually Marilyn Skinner was one of the first to go. And she met with the, the local um, council, maybe like the governor of the region there and explained, we're from Watoto Church. We're going to come and, and, and serve your community. What can we do to help you? And he looked at her and said, no one's ever asked me that before. Um, he said, all these mm. charities and NGOs come in with their blankets and suites and leave. 
and have not, have not, have not provided any genuine help. He said, we don't need blankets and sweets. We need help. And so he named several things that, that, uh, were taking place. And there was several thousand ladies, um, living in the streets as prostitutes. He said, we need help with, we don't know what to do about that. So we said, we can help with that. He said, our, our hospital is in disrepair. We, we have no medical services. We said, we can help with that. And so there were several things like that, that we, we went to the government leadership and said, what is it that you need? And we came alongside them to help them. And that really built a lot of trust with, with, uh, government leaders, but also community. And people began to see the transformation taking place. And, and they saw, they saw as we planted a church, we were now physically there permanently. And, uh, they began to trust, oh, no, this, these Watoto people, they're, they're the real deal. You know, they, they're, they're here to help us. They're not here just to take pictures and then, you know, take off and raise money somewhere. So I think that was the, I really like, yeah, I really like, um, you brought up how it's harder for companies that are just going to be there for a three year plan, but Watoto is you know, we're, we're there. You're not planning on moving or anything. Um, yeah. How for the the people like, you know, you said you went on a, a mission there for construction and stuff and other people go for like a week or three months or something. Mm-hmm. How difficult is it for them to build a relationship? Is it still difficult knowing that they're only there for a short period of time or since they're associated with Watoto, does that make it a little bit easier? Yeah. It, it, yeah. Both of those. So it would be difficult in that short amount of time to, to build a relationship with, with Ugandans, with, you know, local people. But the interest, the good thing about coming with an organization like Watoto is that the work that they're coming to do is part of our greater uh, work. Our, um, so if we're, let's say right now, we're actually building an agriculture college in Northern Uganda. So it's on 400 acres. So a team will come in and help build a classroom or a, a student housing block. Um, they might work with a few local Ugandans on the construction team, but they're not really meeting people in the community or, you know, they're not doing evangelism. They're actually doing a construction project, but it's missional. It's part of our greater mission to serve the community. And so it's, it's impactful for them. It's, it's beneficial to Watoto. So uh, I would say in those kinds of trips, they're not necessarily connecting with community, but they're serving the community by helping Watoto fulfill its mission. Awesome. Awesome. Um, what ways has, what way have you felt encouraged through God's word as you've interacted with the people of Watoto? I, I think the, the thing that's encouraged me the most is, is to see the faith of, of the people we're serving. Um, you know, if you hear it often in, in countries like the U S where we're so, um, we really are wealthy, we're blessed and fortunate and in countries that have less people literally rely on, on God for their next meal or for their next opportunity or for, uh, for those kind of things. And I just feel like the faith that they have is so strong and genuine. It encourages me when I see it. And, uh, so that's, I would say that's one of the things, um, huh. probably the main thing I would say. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. I know to this day it's has, it's stuck with me. Um, when the family visited us when my family was hosting, um, a family from Watoto here that week. I just remember such joy. Like I was like, it, it's so interesting. Cause you know, all every time on TV that, you know, they show uh, these sad, poor kids in other countries. And, and I know that that is reality. It was so funny. Cause when I think of Watoto, I think of these kids who just loved having fun. They were just joyful. Yeah. And I was like, man, yeah. that's, that's what it's about. 
Yeah, that's, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. That's, that's, that's been an, an intentional part of what we do is, is we don't, sh if you, I mean, you look at our website, it's, it's bright colors. It's, it's uh, beautiful picture, pictures and scenery and things. You see happy kids. You see, you're seeing the impact of Christ's love in someone someone's life. We're not going to show in our marketing and media, you're not going to see kids with flies in their eyes and bloated bellies. You see that a lot in, in, on the news and in other organizations that are you know, trying to raise money, but we're trying to show the, the beauty of Africa and the potential that's there and, and not just the desperation and despair. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I haven't been personally, but just, just from what I've heard and what, what I know of the, the mission, the ministry, I, I feel as though that really embodies what it means to be a light on the hill. Right. Um, I know a lot of Uganda is a dark place, but um, Watoto is just this place of peace and joy and all these things that you hear about. And I'm like, this is just a special, yeah. special thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, what would you do? Is there anything that you would do differently in, and how you've participated in Watoto so far? Um, personally, I would say for my, for my work here in this office, I would say I, I, I feel I should have been out more. I spent quite a bit of time in the office, you know, working with the team here, but I, I, f I feel encouraged when I go out and I sit with a pastor and have a, co a cup of coffee and just talk about the work that God is doing either in his church or in Uganda. And, um, I would have, I would say I would have loved to do that more. I should have been doing more of that over the years, uh, connecting with, uh, partners and pastors and, and just sharing, sharing what God is doing. Our, the word Bible says our testimony is, is powerful. And so when you can sit down with another believer and just talk about what is God doing in your life or what is God doing here? I think it's so encouraging and, and I would have liked to do that more. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I also like doing that a lot. That's actually why this podcast still goes. The, it's just <laughs> yeah. a lot of fun to just talk to people of different um, denominations and ministries and just kind of see what's going on in their churches. Yeah. Um, how would, how could the, the church in North America more effectively engage in what Watoto is doing? Um, I think, well, there's certainly ways that people could engage through, you know, sponsoring children or, you know, contributing to projects, but it's, we, we, we love when people come to see the work because we can talk, we could talk all day here about Watoto and the different projects and things and, and barely cover, you know, everything that's going on. But when, when someone comes and sees it in person firsthand, uh, there's something that happens in their mind that they think they finally understand, you know, what, what really is happening. So, um, the, the thing that we would love for churches to understand is that Watoto is a church in Uganda. We're not a three-year NGO with a, a NGO <laughs> with a three-year plan. We, we are a church. We are there. We're based there. And that um, churches in North America can extend their reach by partnering with someone like Watoto to impact lives in, in Africa, in Uganda. And so there's, it's Africa, there's a lot of, um, I want to say maybe misconceptions or bad experiences, maybe that churches have had where they sent money and it's not been used properly or that kind of thing. So um, having the integrity to, 
to report back on funds that are sent are, is important. And so I would, I would encourage churches to not, not give up if they've had a bad experience in the past. Uh, maybe it was just the wrong partner or something like that. But uh, there's an enormous amount of work that, that needs to be done. There's a, a lot of opportunity, a lot of potential in Africa. Um, we, we, we say that I think it's uh, 65% of the world's resources are buried under the soil of Africa. Um, wow. And we, we asked the question, why is that? And why, is, why are so many nations in Africa in such poor shape, if that's the case, if they have so much wealth and, and natural resource? And we often wonder mm-hmm. if it's not because there's not a generation of <clears throat> leaders who will steward those resources with, with integrity uh, and for the betterment of the community and, the, the, and to, to bless the people of those communities. Yeah. And so that's, that's our goal is to raise up leaders like that who, who will walk in integrity, um, lead with integrity, and lead with the intention of serving the people. Yeah. And, um, I'm guessing here that, uh, by going to the website, um, sponsoring one of the children that kind of helps you guys lead up some of these children to be these leaders, right? It does. Yeah. So sponsoring a child, it's, it's $38 a month. And and those funds are what provides the immediate care for the kids. So it's, it provides their, their education, healthcare, you know, um, clothing, food, all the things that a child needs to grow. And what's interesting at Watoto is um, our, our children do have more than one sponsor. So if you imagine uh, $38 a month, is that enough to put a child? Basically, we have private education. We have our own schools. Uh, we have our own homes. Everything is on site. So um, $38, even in Uganda, wouldn't be sufficient to, to cover all those things. And so we do have multiple sponsors per children per child, which is a little bit different than some other organizations. Uh, but Watoto is actually the, the legal guardian. We are the sole guardian for these kids. We're providing everything for them 24-7. So uh, it does take multiple sponsors uh, per, per child. But um, yeah, that's, they can go on the website and, and choose a child. They're listed there. They can pick a child and, and sponsor them. Yeah. yeah. Has the kid's story and everything. It's truly challenging, I guess, encouraging. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the right word is, but it is very impactful uh, i definitely would encourage people to go to the website and at least pray and consider sponsoring a kid there um no no you already mis- mentioned that you guys have some short-term missions that go over um some concerns that are brought up in our class and that people talk about is that a lot of times with short-term minis- with short-term missions uh, people go over and it, it's almost just like christian tourism and it kind of distracts people from the real mission that's going on um, do you ever feel like it's a hindrance to have these short-term missions over there? Um, I think it can be if if people if people come with an agenda, if they come with their own agenda, or they they have some preconceived idea about what they want to do. Um, we have we have declined people in the past who maybe they were there before and didn't have something just didn't work out and they wanted to come back again. We've actually declined them from come from coming. Um, but I've, I've been in parts of those conversations about short-term missions and, and, um, and I believe that there are cases where they've not been done well. And, um, mm-hmm. especially in cases where that with the short-term strategy, I think is, is, is not helpful because, um, you go in and, and people get their hopes up and then you leave and then 
the hopes get dashed, that kind of thing. So you lose a lot of trust, but, um, and I, I understand that I'm probably biased when I say this, but as an organization like Watoto, who's there permanently, and we have great relationship with, with people on the ground and we have, you know, pastoral leadership on site and all those things, we're able to bring teams in and, and put them into projects or programs that are already running. So we're not bringing a team in just to do a one-off project and then they're going to leave and it's going to stop and never happen again. So we, we bring teams in and plug them into things that we're already doing. So their, their presence helps what we're doing when they leave, it will still continue. And so I think there's, there's benefit in that because what also happens in the hearts of people who come is they, it, it, it moves them. They see the work that's happening. It's, uh, they experience a different culture and they come back home different and, and almost to the point where they become ambassadors for the organization. And, and, but we also want to encourage our, our mission with Toto church is celebrating Christ, caring for community. Those are the two mantras that we have. So people come and see Watoto, they actually go back home and want to impact their own community because of what they've seen in Uganda. Yeah. Awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. I, um, yeah. So it sounds like we need both short-term and long-term over there. Um, cause without the long-term structure, you know, things kind of fall apart. Um, so I know, I know you were, you were already kind of getting at this, um, where you, you know, people consistency, is an important thing. Um, When my parents, they did a detention center ministry in Tallahassee, Florida. And the biggest challenge starting it was so many other churches would come and do something and then leave because they had a bad experience or it would last for like a few months and then they'd leave. And that was so harmful for the kids because they already dealing with feeling left by their parents, all this other stuff. And then it's these churches come in and they feel like someone cares about them and then they leave. Right. So um, part of the big thing with my parents, they, they tell all these stories of, once they help the kids see that this is going to be a consistent thing, that this is going to stay in those stories, I really feel like we're the driving force of that ministry and why it's still going on, even though we left Tallahassee years ago and they, that ministry still happens with that church there. Yeah. Um, do you have any, any stories of just one of these kids that were really impacted just by the consistency of our missions and motto with motto? Yeah. Yeah. One in particular that jumps out at me is, is that, uh, we have two babies' homes where we care. It's called Baby Watoto, and we care for newborns from birth up to about the age of two. And I remember years ago there was a. Um, if you if you go on the streets in in Uganda or many cities in Africa, um, you'll see children on the streets begging. Um, huh. Many times there'll be a guardian maybe nearby watching, because um, people are more likely to give money to a, a child than to an adult. So they'll send their kid out into the street at the red light and, and have them beg for money. Um, but this one case was a very young a baby and, uh, it had learned from before Watoto, before it came to Watoto, either someone trained this baby or, or it learned that it would sit wherever it sat. It would just sit with its hands out like this until someone would come and put a piece of food or a piece of bread or something in that, in the baby's hand. This is a, we're talking about a one or two year old child. When that baby came to Watoto, now at Watoto, we provide complete care for the child. They're, they're well-fed, they're loved on, they're cared for, they have everything that they need. But every day, that baby would sit on the floor with his hands out, even though it had a full belly. And 
it took months Hmm. until that baby learned, Oh, these people are actually every day. They're here. They're providing food for me. They're loving me. And it took, it took a while, but eventually the child learned that it doesn't have to sit there with his hands out anymore. So, but those things take time, especially when you've had experiences, like you mentioned before, where people have come and and left and, and you felt that abandonment all over again. And so that, that's one thing that I've, I've, I've never forgotten, um, that image of that child and, um, and how long it took for him to realize that, oh, I'm actually in a safe place now. I'm going to be fed. I'm cared for. So, yeah. 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 That's powerful. And I think, you know, a lot of times it's not even a conscious thing where, you know, it's not necessarily the kid sitting there thinking they're just going to leave. It's just, you know, habitual, you know, he was what, one, two years old. He, he didn't know why he put the hands out most likely. Yeah. But there was a habit of need and to replace that with a habit of grace and love and, just supplying for them is just such a powerful thing, man. Um, the, the last question's really simple. I think you're going to like it. <laughs> it's just, um, how, how can we pray for you and what you're doing? Yeah. Yeah. For, I mean, if, certainly for the organization for praying for our kids is, is so important. There's, um, because we're, 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 the mission of our organization is to, to, um, bring hope and healing to a nation and we're going to be doing it through these children. So there's, we have expectations of these kids as they grow up. We, we hope and pray that um, they will become godly leaders, that they will serve their community. So, I mean, certainly we'd love for people to pray for our kids that as they grow, they, they develop a love for their country. First of all, a love for Christ, I would say, first of all, but a love for their country. Um, Cause many people in, in Uganda, or other countries in Africa are looking for a way to get out and leave all this behind. But we actually, our hope and prayer is that our kids will have a love uh, for their country and want to serve their country and make their country a better place to live. So that's, that's one of the big prayers for us is that, that kids would develop that, uh, that passion and uh, a love for their country. Um, and then certainly a prayer for, uh, we have some other projects. We have, a, I mentioned the agriculture college that's coming up. We hope to open that next year. Um, we believe it's going to be a huge, have a huge impact in the um, food quality and food security sectors of Uganda and East and East Africa. And so, pray as that you know continues to open up and develop. And then, just pray for um, divine connections with with like minded people, uh, people who have a passion for kids and want to you know want to see nations in Africa um, rise up and and. Uh, we, uh, we, we see an Africa that will one day be lending to the rest of the world where, you know, people now are lending to Africa. We believe one day Africa will be lending and supporting other people around the world. So oh, yeah. that's what we see. And resources there. Yeah. Yeah. And so we ask people to join us in, in that prayer. Sure. Sure. Well, um, do you mind just as we're closing out, if I just go ahead and pray with you now over those things? That'd be awesome. Thank you. Awesome. Uh, God, thank you so much for Eugene, for this ministry, Watoto, um, for the impact it's had on my parents' life and my life personally, um, for these children that do the children choir, that you can hear these great songs on Spotify and worship them. All right, guys, again, that was Eugene Stutzman with Watoto Church in Uganda, Africa. Please consider going to their website, 
and looking at some of the children and praying about sponsoring one of them, I think it's a worthwhile thing to do. And that is that is part of how we become the whole church is when the church works together on missions for the purpose of why God established the church in the first place. So guys, please pray about this. Think about donating and being a part of that ministry, uh, maybe visiting Uganda with them. I think it would be a blessing to all of us and help bring the church together in that way. Uh, this was the Whole Church Podcast. As always, our intro music was brought to you by Zebulon Mims. And today, we also included music in our outro as well as other parts of the show from Watoto Children's Choir. You can find them on Spotify, so be sure to look them up and pray for their ministry. Thank you guys for listening. Christians feel